WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Southwestern Michigan College has been awarded a $2 million grant to expand its nursing program and partner with Andrews University to help nursing students earn a bachelor's degree. SMC Provost Dave Fleming tells us the funds come from the state of Michigan's Office of 60 by 30. The state of Michigan asked community colleges to find an appropriate partner to help build these bridges between the RN programs and the BSN programs. So Andrews has been a good partner for a number of other things, but this specific program will start because of this grant. SMC applied for the grant in July and was notified in November of the award. Fleming says the funds will be spent over the next three years to boost recruiting into the nursing program and prepare students for the Andrews University program. Really, a lot of this is about getting our students better prepared to go to the BSN program at Andrews. So some of the money is going towards having an additional kind of staff person who can help students navigate that journey because it's not always an easy one to understand, support some tutoring. Fleming says a lot of health care providers are looking for nurses with a higher level of education beyond registered nurses. The new program starts in the fall of 2024. You can find out more about SMC's nursing program at its website. Coming soon to Benton Township will be a new resort community of short-term rental cabins. At a meeting this week, Benton Township trustees approved a special use permit for the owner of B&Z Excavating to turn about 30 acres into the cabin resort. Township building official Chris Fuchs said the Planning Commission unanimously approved the idea, although with a few stipulations. The special use permit be subject to a 30-foot buffer setback provided for future buildings and uses. That the property be maintained under one ownership and one management entity. And that it's subject to the submittal of a complete site plan. He did submit a site plan, but there were some details that the Planning Commission wanted him to add to that. Fuchs said the developer plans to combine three parcels to construct the cabins. The developers say they picture the cabins being useful in the summer for visitors to southwest Michigan looking for accommodations for a couple of days at a time. Township Treasurer Debbie Boothby said it sounds like a great project. South Haven Mayor Annie Brown has been sworn in along with her colleagues on the city council. At a meeting last night, Brown and council members Mary Hosley, Letitia Wilkins, and Jeff Arnold took the oath of office. Commissioner Joe Reeser said he's looking forward to a new year and a new council. I hope the new mix of city council persons and I hope our new mayor, we all work together to make changes and become more resident-centric. Basically, that means we want to do more for all of you. We exist to serve you. Mayor Brown said she stands on the shoulders of giants. She cited one issue as a top priority. We will work diligently to implement policies that encourage the development of affordable housing options for all income levels, ensuring that South Haven is a place that families of all backgrounds can call home. From cashier to CEO, from 18-year-olds busing tables to retirees on fixed incomes. Brown added attracting and retaining businesses is another major goal. The city council named Reeser as the mayor pro tem and Mary Hosley as the council's addition to the planning commission. That took former planning commissioner George Sleeper by surprise. He said he was blindsided to lose the appointment. Benton Township Police Chief Greg Abrams now has a contract. The Township Board of Trustees approved his contract last night, more than a year after Abrams was hired. Trustees noted the agreement was held up in arbitration after another candidate filed a grievance. 
Township Supervisor Kathy Yates told us she's glad that's resolved and the board is happy with the chief. He's been doing an excellent job, he and our deputy chief. They've had to go out and do road patrol because we were short on staff, but now our staff is increasing, so they'll be seeing more presence out in our community in the coming months. When Abrams, a former sergeant with the Township Police Department, was hired in December of 2022, he said he wants to address gun violence in the opioid epidemic. Since starting as chief, he's worked to hire more officers, something that Yates says has been helpful. Now that the contract is settled, Abrams will have a salary of $97,000 plus benefits. The agreement runs through the end of 2027. Some hospitals around the country have been re-implementing mask rules for visitors as they see increasing numbers of flu, RSV, and COVID cases this winter. Does Corwell Health South and St. Joseph have plans to do the same? Corwell Health South Chief Medical Officer Dr. Robert Nolan tells us they look at the issue every week and for now, no. We are currently at the same threshold we've been for most of the upper respiratory season, which is a combination this year of RSV, COVID, and influenza, mostly influenza A. And right now, we are not requiring visitors to mask. We are highly recommending that if you have any symptoms, that you mask for the safety of yourself and patients. We're recommending if you have any symptoms, really to try to avoid the hospital because we certainly don't want to spread anything unnecessarily throughout the hospital or anything else along that line. Nolan says the hospitals in St. Joe and Niles are at capacity, but not necessarily because of patients with respiratory illnesses. If Corwell determines the respiratory illnesses are high enough, then there could be a masking rule for the sake of everyone staying there. Nolan says if the rules change, the community will be notified. He adds anyone who wants to wear a mask when visiting can certainly do so, and again asks those who are sick to stay away or at least mask up. Hospitals in Chicago are telling visitors to wear masks, and uh, Memorial Hospital and Elkhart General in Indiana both returned to masking rules in late December. And returning to Southwest Michigan starting this week and for the next two months will be a way to visit local restaurants while raising money for the United Way. The United Way of Southwest Michigan's Aaron Glasky tells us Dine United starts tomorrow at the Sandbar and Grill in St. Joe. It's really just about bringing restaurants and the community together in order to raise dollars for United Way. It's a great way to get diners in those seats of the restaurants as well. So really the goal is just to share our message and the work we're doing while also helping the local restaurants. Restaurants throughout Southwest Michigan will donate a portion of their proceeds on specific days to the United Way. Glasky says each establishment got to choose the specific rules. Some of them, like we have Pete's Cider on there, so they're doing a certain dollar amount for the bowling. So each one is kind of doing a unique thing. For example, if you stop by Silver Beach Pizza on January 22nd, part of the proceeds will go to the United Way. It's different restaurants in different days throughout late February, with a few more to come after that, but not yet announced. We have the full schedule at our website. Glasky says Dying United was held in 2019 and was a success with more than 20 establishments. The United Way is happy to bring the promotion back. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. There's been another deadly attack rattling the Middle East just a day after a drone strike killed a top Hamas leader in Beirut. Dozens are dead in Iran's south after explosions that officials there are calling a, quote, terrorist attack. Iran has many external and internal enemies who could have been behind the carnage, but most likely the culprit is the Islamic State or one of its offshoots who have pulled off similar bombings. More from ABC's Jordana Miller in Jerusalem. Iran reporting over 100 dead and dozens injured when two explosions tore through a crowd at a cemetery in the city of Kremon. That's about 500 miles south of Tehran. The bombs exploding as Iranians gathered near the gravesite of General Qasem Soleimani for a ceremony to mark the fourth anniversary of his death. The U.S. killed Soleimani 
the head of Iran's Revolutionary Guard, in a drone attack in Baghdad. No one is claiming the deadly twin bombing. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. Iran state media calling the attack, which wounded more than 200, terroristic. No one's claimed responsibility for what appears to be the deadliest militant attack to target Iran since its 1979 Islamic Revolution. There's a joint statement from the U.S. and a dozen other nations today condemning Houthi attacks on commercial vessels in the Red Sea. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby at the White House was briefed and asked about why there weren't more signatories. Some countries say they don't want to come out publicly against the Iran-backed rebels, but that a global concern is growing. You're seeing uh, an increasing number uh, of nations around the world, particularly as commerce in the Red Sea gets affected. And shipping companies are making difficult decisions about whether to transit the Red Sea. And the impact that it's beginning to, to have on global commerce, uh, countries are more and more becoming aware of this in- increasing threat to, to the free flow uh, of commerce in the Red Sea by the, by the Houthis and are increasingly um, being willing to express their, their discomfort with that. The chief of Israel's Mossad has warned the intelligence agency will hunt down every Hamas member involved in the October 7th attack on Israel, no matter where they are. David Barnea spoke a day after the deputy head of the Palestinian militant group was killed in a suspected Israeli strike in Beirut. Israel has refused to comment on reports that carried out the killing, but his comments appeared to be the strongest indication yet that Israel was behind the blast. Israel was on high alert today for an escalation with Lebanon's powerful Hezbollah militia after the strike on the Lebanese capital killed Saleh Arouri, the most senior Hamas member slain since the war in Gaza erupted nearly three months ago. There's been a tragic shooting in New Jersey. A local imam has been shot and killed outside of a mosque. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. The imam is identified as Hassan Sharif of the Masjid Muhammad Mosque in Newark. Police say he was shot sometime after 6 in the morning and found in the parking lot of the building about 10 feet from the entrance and had wounds to his stomach and left arm. He later died at a nearby hospital of his injuries. Sharif also worked as a TSA agent at Newark Airport. The TSA releasing a statement expressing sadness over his passing and condolences to his family. Eric Dennis, ABC News. Russia and Ukraine have exchanged hundreds of prisoners of war in the biggest single release of captives since Russia's full-scale invasion in February of 2022. Ukrainian authorities say 230 Ukrainian prisoners of war returned home in the first exchange in almost five months. Russia's defense ministry says 248 Russian servicemen have been freed under the deal sponsored by the United Arab Emirates. The foreign ministry in the UAE has attributed the successful swap to the country's friendly ties to both Russia and Ukraine. The UAE has maintained close economic ties with Moscow despite Western sanctions and pressure on Russia after it launched its invasion in 2022. As the Border Patrol reports record numbers of encounters with migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border, several dozen House Republicans have traveled there to see it for themselves. More from ABC's Stephen Portnoy. Speaker Mike Johnson is leading a delegation of fellow House Republicans to the border at Eagle Pass, Texas. At the Capitol, top Senate Democrat Chuck Schumer. It's very nice that they have a trip to the border, but the only way to solve this is here, working in a bipartisan way. The White House has bipartisan Senate talks on border policy as part of a Ukraine-Israel funding bill are moving in the right direction. But there's no telling whether any Senate compromise might be acceptable to the GOP-controlled House. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. Residents of a Kiev apartment building are salvaging what they can a day after a Russian missile attack set it ablaze, tore off parts of its facade, and gouged a crater next to it. Two people in the building were killed and dozens were injured by the bombardment Tuesday that also killed two other people elsewhere in the Kiev region. The barrage was part of Russia's recent winter campaign against urban areas in the nearby nearly two-year-old war. 
It was the first attack in months in which an apartment building suffered heavy damage in Kyiv. That's where air defenses have been strengthened since the start of the invasion. And after his Pennsylvania stop on Saturday, President Biden continues his campaign travel heading to Charleston, South Carolina on Monday. Morph maybe sees Karen Travers. President Biden's making his fourth trip to South Carolina as president, but this marks his first time campaigning there for his reelection. He'll deliver remarks on Monday at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, the site of a mass shooting in 2015. Vice President Harris travels to South Carolina on Saturday, her seventh visit to the state. She'll speak at a church before returning for another event there on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. These visits Visits come as the campaign pushes to attract black, Latino, women and young voters. As the president's poll numbers have been slipping among these constituencies, he carried back in 2020. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House.